is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch into another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live, again, that number, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Yet again, that is freetalklive.com. So lots to talk about, as always, tonight here, including a story involving the police... And a 78-year-old man. It seems like the, the the victims of the police just keep getting older and older. Well, you know, those baby boomers, they've always been trouble. So. <laughs> I don't think a 75-year-old man's a baby boomer. Yeah, true, unless he was in the TARDIS or something for a while now. <laughs> Silent generation. Yeah. So uh, we might get to that, but I wanted to start things out tonight with a bit of an email conversation I've had uh, over the past, well, I guess past 24 hours, that I thought, uh, thought deserved... Uh, a, a bit of on-air discussion. Okay. Recently, here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the show from, there has been a particular politician that has taken an interest in, uh, well, us. Um, me and you, Mark, mm-hmm. and uh, my girlfriend, Julia, who recently ran for uh, for, city, uh, for city council. And this particular politician is a uh, sitting city council member. Is this a good interest or a bad interest? He's very I, friendly. I'd say it's good. Very he's good, a he's good. a nice guy. He wants to learn. He wants to oh, understand where yeah. we're coming from. And uh, he was under sort of the mistaken impression that all Free State Project members are akin to the Russell Cannings and the Lauren Canarios of the world. And uh, just so people are just tuning in understand what I'm talking about, the Free State Project is a, mo- a movement of 20,000 liberty-oriented people all moving to New Hampshire. The only thing that really... Um, holds them together, or you can categorize them in the same group, is because, well, they all believe in less government than what we have today. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the statement of intent says we think that the maximum role of government should be protection of life, liberty, and the you know pursuit of happiness. And that's where the similarities end, because within that statement, there are a whole lot of different personalities and different people and individuals, uh, people that believe everything from, you know, well, there should be absolutely no government whatsoever. Like yes, me, government is immoral. Uh, to Mark, who believes in a very, very small, limited, sort of constitutionally sized government. So, right. I believe the government should take on the roles um, that that the the marketplace can't handle, or or um, you right. know, marketplace can handled. handle everything. Uh, so that's that just goes to show you that there's a there's a significant difference between yeah. many of the members of and the my, free state. My project. philosophy on government is government can only take care of me if it is composed of most of the women who are on. The uh, who are members of the uh, of the Free Talk Live Shrine. Oh, I see. Mm. see I thought then you I will say. hand over my. Well, maybe not, but it would yeah, be a so nice a, fantasy. A fantasy government that uh, probably sure. will never see the light of day. Sure. There you go. Yep. Uh, ba- the Baywatch girls on uh, the local police force. I mean, they right. got nothing on the forum girls. That's so sure. I made it clear that Free Staters, uh, Free State Project members, are very, very different. Uh, they they can w- they can vary widely in their belief systems. So. This particular gentleman was uh, under that mistaken impression that we were all the same, and he's been very uh, curious about our positions on things. So I'm going to share an email he sent to me this morning. He says, I heard a little discussion of you and Mark were having this past Saturday night, because we're now on in Keene on Saturday, so he was listening live, mm-hmm. about police asking parents to allow involuntary inspections of their children's room to look for guns. I couldn't listen to your whole argument, so I'm not sure what your proposal was to reduce the amount of gun-related violence in some of our communities that suffer from such criminal behavior. 
Are you proposing just to allow the exponential increase of gun-related deaths in communities as a means of culling out those who would be victimized by such violence as a better alternative to voluntary searches? Is it your belief that those who, have been vic- who would be victimized today might, uh, might be tomorrow's perpetrators of gun violence against others and that by killing them as victims it saves societies from dealing with them as perpetrators and potentially warehousing them in a prison for X amount of years? Is it your belief that an occasional innocent victim of gun violence, as opposed to someone who, as they say, lives by the sword and dies by the sword, is the price that some families will have to pay to remain secure against police and government intrusive searches? Are you of the op- opinion that it is better, uh, better for parents to refuse such searches and rather, than take a ch- and rather take a chance that their family won't be touched by such sometimes random or targeted violence? I'm not clear on these matters and your position on the same. A lot of questions there. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Garter, before we go on, did you hear yeah. the story about uh, the Boston uh, that police? Boston story. I wanted to talk about it today. I didn't get to and uh, really want to get to it tomorrow. It's, yeah. a, it's a fascinating story. The presumption of innocence for these guys being, being totally tossed away. The well, very fact that they might possess a firearm, I didn't know that that was... Uh, something that would allow for, you know, a search. One of the things that uh, we found quite concerning was the the way that cops tend to behave. They had painted the story again, Boston police going to be going uh, to certain suspect houses Mm. where suspect teenagers live and asking the parents to allow them to search their sure, teen's no room pressure, for guns. No pressure at all. Right, right, right. No, there's no pressure. That's why they're sending three cops and we all know about how cops behave and how they treat people and how they are trained to intimidate. So it seems to me that um, you know they're going to essentially intimidate these parents using their coercive yet voluntary questioning methods. I'm going like, to have to ask you to uh, allow me to search your child's room. Yes. Right. He's just asking, well but said. the way they ask it, it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like asking. No. So these parents are going to let these cops in. They're going to search, and the, their kids are going to get in trouble. They're going to find drug paraphernalia, other things that they aren't, weren't necessarily looking for, uh, which actually brings me to another email that we got from uh, from one of our police friends who clarified a, a mistake I made on Saturday night. He says that when police are executing a search warrant, if you find something illegal while searching for something unrelated to what you found, as long as where you were searching was allowed by the warrant, it is admissible in court. Yeah, as long oh, as really? it was a justified search for on, on the other front, anything else that you find is, is uh, admissible. Correct. Right. He does say, uh, though, an example of what wouldn't be allowed would be if you were serving a warrant for a vehicle, which would allow access to a garage. Once inside the garage, you can't open drawers as a vehicle couldn't possibly fit in one. Uh, but otherwise, if you know if the search warrant is for a gun and the cops poking around the kids, the teenager's room and finds a finds a bag of marijuana, that's a confiscatable, b usable in court, and certainly an arrestable offense. Yeah. Hmm. So I just see a lot of trouble coming to uh, to low income yeah, and in uh, my, minority families as a result of this uh, Boston program. I'm, and, and, I'm intrigued by the questions that you you guys are asked of uh, by the politician. You know, because uh, to me there are some very clear cut issues regarding. Uh, the presumption of innocence, whether or not the uh, police officers are justified to go in in the first place and even approach the home to do any sort of any sort of uh, uh, police investigative work, because there is no reason to show up at the home unless they think that the kid has committed some sort of crime. And what well, is the crime? Well, they think that the crime involved? is uh, the possession of a firearm. Exactly, and in of the course city of we Boston. know that constitutionally that is not a crime. Well, hold on, that's the problem. <laughs> I have a couple of questions. I guess I don't really have a problem really with the police asking. I just want people to be informed that they're asking. You know? Sure. Mm. And and the police, I mean, legally they can do this. I mean, they can go and ask you to 
whatever they want. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a contact, just like I can walk up to you on the street and ask you a question, too. You don't have to answer. Um, so it's sort of that same situation. Yeah. But what I really want to address is uh, this particular gentleman's misconceptions and uh, misunderstandings of uh, of my position. And I think my position on this one, and that is uh, gun uh, possession, is the same as, as all of us. So I'm going to read my response to him. I said, hey, uh, and I, I'll use his name. It's Fred. Uh, Fred, thanks for asking. As you'll see, your hypothesis was way off. Eventually, you'll be able to easily predict my positions on issues, because I think he's sort of new to this liberty thing, even though he's had a number of emails that have gone back and forth, certainly between you and him, Mark. I know Mm -hmm. that you and he had an extended conversation. We've had lunch. It's nice. Coffee, I guess. Uh, States like Massachusetts. I said, let's take a closer look at this. States like Massachusetts and New York tend to have a lot of gun violence because of laws that disarm the law-abiding population. When ordinary people are told by government to turn over their weapons, they comply. Criminals, on the other hand, do not. As gun restrictions increase, violent crime also increases. In the United Kingdom, for instance, after they banned handguns, armed home invasions dramatically increased. And they were committed while people were at home. New Hampshire and Vermont have very little gun violence because people in those states have more gun freedom and criminals know it. The solution to gun violence is to allow people to defend themselves, as they can do in Vermont, Alaska, and to a lesser extent, New Hampshire. I say to a lesser extent because New Hampshire should abolish the concealed carry permit. If one must ask permission to carry a firearm, it is not a right, but a privilege. More on the way. We'll get Fred's response to this. 800-259-9231. Turns out, even after my email, he still doesn't quite get it. We'll help help clarify things here in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. If I uh, sound a bit coldy tonight, that's probably because my nose has been running all day. So, excuse that. Anyway, uh, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. I believe Kaylee is our newest uh, Shriner. I hope I'm mm. pronouncing that mm. right. Uh, you can take a look at that at freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Shame on me. That's Keeley. Keeley, not Kaylee. Brand nice new to the picture. Shriner. Great yep. picture. Good so, choice, woman. Way to go. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. All right. So uh, we're, in the, we're in the middle of uh, sharing an email, actually a, a series of emails that had gone back and forth between myself and a local politician here in Keene who has apparently started listening to Free Talk Live's weekend edition. The live He's going to get converted. And, you know, uh, that's that's what I said to him. I said, you know, eventually, Fred, you're going to be able to understand my position without even having to ask what it is. Uh, you'll be able to pick an issue and think, oh, I know what Ian will think about that, because liberty-oriented people base their positions on principle, not right. the, uh, you know, whims of some political party or some board of directors somewhere that, uh, you know, determines, ah, oh, we believe this. No, we base it on a very simple, understandable principle, and that is that uh, it's really abhorrent to utilize, uh, to initiate force on people to achieve 
goals in life. You know, if you want to get wealthy, you shouldn't have you shouldn't go and steal things. Uh, you shouldn't rob people at gunpoint. You should provide a service or a product on a voluntary basis, for instance. Just as as an example. Yeah. So everything sort of uh, flows from that point. And we were talking about guns. Uh, we were talking about the Boston police going to houses, in the uh, again, in the, the city of Boston, asking parents to allow them in to search for, for firearms in their teenagers' rooms. And I was pretty upset about that for a variety of different reasons. And you can review the Saturday show at freetalklive.com to see what those were. But he heard that particular conversation. He was a little confused. And I, I tried to clarify my position for him uh, by, you know, by letting him know that that the reason for gun violence and the reason we have a the reason why cities like Boston have a problem with it is because they have a lot of restrictions on gun ownership. Uh, we've seen this again and again, state after state. Those areas with the most gun restrictions tend to also have the most gun-related crime, the most right. violent crime. Right. How odd. Right. And uh, so states like Vermont and Alaska and New Hampshire, which are three states that have very, very low amounts of gun laws. I don't think Alaska or Vermont have any gun restrictions. Mm. Uh, and New Hampshire, I believe the only one worth speaking of is the concealed carry permit, which is a shall-issue permit here. So that means essentially that you ask for one and, and you get it. Right. I don't even like that, but no, it's no. not as bad as other places. And I said that that should be abolished. Um, in fact, it be, and, and interestingly enough, New Hampshire does have a little bit more violent crime than Vermont does. And again, this per capita, it's not just because Vermont only has 700,000 people and New Hampshire has 1.5 million. So it's, you know, per population. Hmm. New Hampshire has a little bit more. And that's because there's more gun control here. So that's, I, I tried to make that pretty clear. And Fred wrote back, he says, thanks for the clarification. So if I understand your response, and he didn't, <laughs> he says, you're in favor of allowing gang members and run-of-the-mill criminals and the like, to possess guns, hoping that legalization will eliminate the need for such tools of violence. Because I also commented on uh, the How is he doing? How, is, uh, how are we doing as far as keeping the guns out of the hands of gang members? <laughs> yeah. Not so good. <laughs> not so you know, good. It's a total QED to think that the criminals are right. not going to try to get their hands on guns. They have a profit motive to get guns. Right. I mean, I, you know, I can understand laws against criminals having guns, but how do you discern who the criminal is? You can't. Good point. Right. So they it's use very, the gun in a criminal manner. Right. Yeah. And that's what we need laws against. If somebody uses a, a gun in a criminal manner, you, you, you slap them with a big old long sentence. So he says that, uh, you know, do I want to just let gang members and criminals having guns in the streets, hoping that legalization will eliminate the need for such tools of violence, but also to arm all other citizens as well, so we can have shootouts in the streets? Isn't that what's been happening in the inner cities? Well, no. No, there haven't been shootouts between the good guys and the bad guys in the inner cities. There are um, certainly shootings in the inner cities, mm -hmm. and what's happening is and that most the, of the shootings are likely over, um, you know, territory, and territory. for uh, drugs. Exactly. I mean, you know, so uh, it, to to just single out uh, legalizing, you know, le making it legal for everyone to own a gun is, I think that that in and of itself would would go, would be a good step, but. There's other things you can do to eliminate violence, too. Right. I had actually said originally that one of the contributing factors to gun violence is the war on drugs. Criminal gangs frequently fight over territory, and innocent people can get caught in the crossfire. Additionally, strung-out addicts looking for another fix are also likely to resort to violence in order to acquire cash. Relegalizing drugs would solve this problem virtually overnight. 
I understand that one of the sources of violence here in Keene, and there's not a lot of it, is the heroin-addicted gang called the White Knights. If heroin were re-legalized, its price would drop closer to the price of aspirin instead of the price of gold, and criminal activity would no longer be necessary in order to afford the habit. And I said, uh, as usual, government solutions have only brought more problems. So he, uh, again, he still didn't quite get it, and he says that, so you just want me to, you just want all citizens to shoot it out with the, the gangsters in the streets? Isn't that what's happening in the inner cities? No, what's happening in the inner cities is regular citizens have been disarmed by the gun control legislation. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, uh, they've had these little gun turn-in, the gun buyback programs. It's now illegal in New York City to carry any sort of yeah. firearm. You can't even yeah. have a toy gun in New uh, York Washington City. Washington, D.C. attempted to outlaw all guns. They've been trying to do that in Boston. Right. And of course, Boston just, uh, I hate to interrupt too far, but Boston recently, they tried to impose, they said, well, we're getting so much violent crime down on Boston Common, I talked about this on my show, mm-hmm. that we're going to have to impose uh, some sort of curfew on Boston yeah. Common. So I said, hey, what if you did the opposite and you said, concealed carry shall be permitted anywhere on Boston Common? Where do you think the criminals are going to go? Somewhere else. They'll go someplace else, exactly. So, um, so Fred, you got it completely wrong. Uh, what's happening in the inner cities is the citizens are disarmed and the criminals have arms, and their citizens are told, eh, if something happens, don't use violence. You must call the police and they'll help you, which that doesn't do anything if somebody's holding you up at gunpoint. Uh, Yeah, I'd call the police if I could, but there's a guy with a gun standing in front of me. Right, plus the Supreme Court has ruled time and time again that the police don't have any obligation to protect you. I think that most of them try try to do that. And it's it's not even possible for them to be everywhere anyway. You know, the the bulk of crimes, uh, as this man probably does not know, the bulk of crimes are stopped by people, not police officers. They're stopped by people who interrupt or people who are armed. So he says everyone has a gun and they feel free to defend themselves when fired upon. What a concept. They'll eventually eliminate themselves. It's no wonder you're so far ahead of the rest of us old timers. <laughs> sort of a bit of a smarmy uh, ageist comment there at the end there. Uh, no, that's not the concept. See, the idea is by arming civilians, those who want to be armed. I want to make it clear. I'm not saying everyone should have a firearm. No, no. Everyone who wants to have a firearm should be able to have one and carry it, should they like to. Right. If this, if this is the concern he has, why don't we just get rid of all the guns? For God's sakes, they're causing violence. Oh, yeah, that's right, because the criminals are the only ones who are going to have <laughs> right. the guns left. Right. You can't get the guns out of the hands of, um, of the bad people. Exactly. You can only take them out of the hands of the good ones. And the purpose isn't to have uh, shootouts in the streets. The purpose is to prevent violence, and we can explain how that happens in moments. It's Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Bulletin board system's there. We've got over 300,000 posts, serious issues, and fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. 
in the middle of, uh, of an email response to one of the local politicians here in the Keene area who has started to, to listen to the show on Saturday nights because we're now on here in, uh, in our hometown of Keene on Saturday nights. And uh, he was a little confused about our position on the whole gun freedom issue, which we didn't really discuss on Saturday night. So he only heard us talking about guns and then spun off into this world of hypothesis as to uh, what we thought should happen in regards to firearms. And basically his position is that... Uh, that he thought that we thought that people should be uh, should be armed so that they can have shootouts in the streets and eventually eliminate themselves. Right, not exactly what we were going yeah. for. Yeah, no, not at all. In fact, the purpose of arming civilians, again, those who want to be armed, not some sort of mandatory law forcing people to be armed, that's absurd. So those who want to be armed should be allowed to be armed because then the criminal element in whatever the area is We'll know that there's no more gun prohibition, no more gun restrictions preventing the average person from having firearms, and that means they're going to think twice before they walk into a you know a, a restaurant and hold them up, or they walk into a grocery store and hold them up, or whatever you know whatever it is they're doing to get cash, because they know that there's a chance that somebody standing in that store, some customer, or maybe even an employee. Is armed. Yeah, you know, you know, behind what he's saying here is the idea that if you allow for people, law-abiding people, to carry their firearms as they have a right to do, because they exist, they have a right to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't even know, need to go any farther. But if you want to go any farther on it, um, his assumption is that if you allow law-abiding people to carry these things, then the people who were already criminals and were already armed and were already shooting at each other will be shooting at each other more. I mean, yeah. it's a totally non-connected. There, there's no connection whatsoever. If Where he, are all if, the shootouts? Right, and the right. argument that he's making is, well, if you if you're going to legalize guns, then what you're going to do? Uh, uh, you're you're pretty much thinking that all these people are going to shoot each other and wipe each other out. All the criminals wipe each other out. It's like, look, all the criminals already have guns and they're shooting each other, and more and more criminals crop up because there's an incentive to be a criminal to yes. sell stuff that's against the law. Right. So it, the the guns have nothing to do with it, whether they're legal. That has nothing to do with the argument in any way whatsoever. He's fear-mongering to some extent. Yeah. He doesn't realize that he's fear-mongering. He's probably scared himself. Mm. But the fact is... He's a former cop. Right. There, there are places already where this is so. Vermont um, and Alaska are largely unregulated as far as guns go. Where New are Hampshire, the gun battles? Yeah, where are the gun battles in Vermont and Alaska? Secondly, New Hampshire. You're saying, oh, well, there's not a metropolitan area in there. Well, New Hampshire's almost unregulated except for getting a uh, shall issue permit as far as um, Open carry is legal. You can walk around with a pistol on your hip. If everyone can see it, you're completely legal. Right, and they have Manchester, um, and they have Nashua. They have metropolitan areas in New Hampshire. Nashua is actually part of the Boston Metro there's no, you know, I mean, are there shootouts? Sure there are now and then, but still the violence is less there yeah. than it is yeah. in other places where guns are outlawed. The, I understand the fear and the concern, but the numbers simply don't bear it out. Hey, you know what? I, I don't know if I mentioned this story to you guys, but this is another great example of the practical reasons why you want to allow people to carry weapons and firearms as they have a right to do. Uh, you look at South Boston. There was a Jamaica Plain incident where the police got called out to help a woman who had been sexually assaulted. They get there. She she had been assaulted by a guy who didn't have a firearm. He had a screwdriver, and mm-hmm. he was threatening her with a screwdriver. So she was sexually assaulted. They're there to help her out. They're on the call. And then about 300 yards down or 400 yards away, another woman is being sexually assaulted by the same guy. 
Oh, dear. That's how prevalent crime is in Boston. If if the first woman had had a firearm, you can bet right that then. guy would not, he'd either be dead or injured or he wouldn't be in that area at all. Right. I mean, look, the criminals, some of them are dumb, okay? But the ones that don't get caught, there are a lot of intelligent criminals That's out right. there. And uh, I remember John Stossel did a, a presentation that had something to do with firearms and criminals and home invasions and burglaries and that sort of thing. Mm. I'm sure interested and, in where you're going to take this with the smart criminals. <laughs> well, smart criminals don't, uh, you know, they choose their targets wisely. Uh, you know, the fact is, you don't have to be even that intelligent to look at City A, City B. City A has uh, gun control measures where you know that the average person isn't going to have a firearm if they're a good, law-abiding citizen. Whereas City B has no gun control measures whatsoever, and there's a chance you could encounter a firearm. In fact, a pretty good chance, one out of three or something like that. I don't think the criminals generally don't go very far from their homes to commit their crimes. It's just that they're incentivized Smart ones do. Uh, 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 every it depends once on in a what while, the cost-benefit t- analysis is for these guys. I right. think but it's, it's just like any other uh, any other business practice. Right. Really. If you're a professional criminal, if what you do for a living is steal and rob and you know criminalize, then you are going to take a close look at oh, yeah. who your victims are going to be, and uh, you're going to make decisions based on that. So, if I were picking as a criminal between City A and City B, City A having gun control, City B having gun freedom. It's a no-brainer. City A. I'm going to go to the place where the the police and the government has disarmed the citizenry. It's so satisfying being able to talk to you guys about this because, you know, a lot of times when we're sitting there, I remember reading John Lott's book, as I mentioned off the air, More Guns, Less Crime. Here's a guy who's a trained economist coming out of Chicago doing a study on guns, a statistical cross-temporal, that's over time, uh, cross-temporal, cross-cultural analysis finding that the more guns are available to people, the more violent crime drops. Mm -hmm. And other types of crimes might increase slightly, nonviolent crimes, where people will be engaged in some sort of crime where they realize that they'll be able to get away with it without confronting a person. Right. Uh, So the crooks um, are motivated, they're incentivized to stay away. To stop um, using guns and exactly. to start breaking in yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they're Which, not going to go up against somebody if they think that person could be Honestly, armed. I'd rather have my wife, um, my house broken into than my wife robbed at gunpoint on the street. Sure, absolutely. But you he's look saying at that even a house being broken into is not going to happen if the criminal thinks there's a chance the homeowner is well, going to be there's armed. there's a very interesting statistic behind that, actually. Lot looked at the difference between what they call hot burglary rates in the United States and in countries that have very strict gun control policies. Hot like meaning England. the person is home at Yes, the time? hot burglary versus cold burglary. Hot burglary is when they don't case the place and they just burst in at any time. A cold burglary Mm -hmm. occurs when they case the place, find out the patterns, and then go in because they don't want somebody to be there. Sure. Because they might pick up a shotgun. You got it. The hot burglary rate in the United States is much lower than the hot burglary rate in England and in other nations. And we already know other statistics, like in Australia when they banned guns, how the violent crime rate went up 400%, and -hmm. it did 440% over in England. So it's very clear that statistically, practically speaking, it's better to allow people to have guns. And then, of course, you add to it the moral and ethical aspect of who is the government to say, who is any politician to say, well, I'm sorry, but in order to get what we think is the right way to go, we're going to stop you from being able to exercise your God-given right, right. or your natural right, whichever you want to look at it, to protect your, your own bo- damn body. You know, it's You've got it. And, so, uh, and once again, it's just a simple matter of uh, the Second Amendment claims that it's a right to bear arms. Uh, so if you have a right, you don't have to ask permission from anybody. 
That's it. That's but that's what they want. To say. That's what the government people want. They want you to come on bended knee and ask them to grant you permission uh, to carry a tool to defend you yourself know, it's with. interesting to see how muddied people's thinking has become because of the contemporary arguments about gun control, Ian. If you look, uh, I'll compare this, this contemporary politician from Keene, who's probably a very pleasant man, you look at the muddled thinking of this man and all the different things he tries to come up with and thinking that he's being very brilliant and so on. I'll I'll refer to Aristotle over this guy any day of the week. Aristotle said, and he was one of the first people to do it, he was quite contrary to Plato's socialistic ideas and, and totalitarian ideas. Aristotle believed in the individual. Aristotle believed that the individual had a right to himself. He was one of the first to articulate it. And he believed that each individual had a granted right because of his existence to be able to defend himself. He was the first one to really speak out about it. Aristotle. If you, don't de- if you don't defend yourself, you can't count on anybody else. You really just can't. It'll be nice if the cops get there in time, but most of the time, they don't. More on the way, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com if you like the show, and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. 41 categories to shop in, new and used items. Doesn't matter what you put in your shopping cart, we will get a cut if you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. And the New Hampshire Liberty Forum has a proud history of supporting true hard currency. At the first forum, Dr. Ron Paul uh, called for the restoration of constitutional gold and silver. This January... Bernard von Nothaus, monetary architect of the Liberty Dollar, will be a distinguished speaker, amongst a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, and if you use the code 2008FTL, all one word, you'll save 10%. That's code 2008FTL. That was 25% over the weekend. That's now dropped. It, that deal's over. So if you missed out on that, you can still get 10% off by using that code. Once yep. again, freestateproject.org. Do that before that's on too. Slash Liberty mm. Forum. All right, 800-259-9231. One more thought on this uh, gun control issue. And I want to I want to address something that our emailer sort of glossed over. He thought that legalization, he thought that we should uh, legalize drugs and hope that the legalization would eliminate the the need for guns, uh, that would eliminate uh would eliminate violence essentially. He, he thinks that that we should um, legalize drugs? He, th- he, That's his understanding of what I said, and what I had said was that, you know, le- re-legalizing drugs would dramatically reduce the amount of violence in society. I can see um, that there were, there's a lot of evidence that, in fact, uh, legalizing drugs would uh, decrease crime. For one, a lot of the crime is the possession of the drugs themselves. And sure, but I'm have... talking about violent crime. Okay. Not necessarily just crime. Uh, but he's, And so his interpretation of what I said was that, oh, so you're just going to hope that legalization uh, will, will eliminate the need to, to have guns around. And no, no, that's not what I said. If you re-legalize drugs, you end prohibition. Now, prohibition works the same way whether it's drugs or alcohol or guns or people or whatever it is that the government has says has said, you may not have this. That's what prohibition is. You, you, if you have this and we catch you, you're going to a jail cell. You know, prohibition. That's what it is. It didn't work in the early part of the 20th century. 
when they uh, amended the Constitution and made it so alcohol was illegal. So they figured that out, thankfully, uh, thankfully, and they re-amended the uh, Constitution and made it so alcohol was legal again. And what do you know, the crime that had uh, started Surrounded up... Surrounded alcohol. Right, the gangs. Al Capone. The corruption. Yeah. It all dried guns, up. Right. It, it gangsters. All, it all just went away. And then it came back once they made drugs illegal. Yeah. Because prohibition operates in the same fashion, no matter what the product or service it is. Took a, it took them quite some time to make drugs um, fashionable and make people want them all over. But... At that point, you're talking about supply-side economics. Um, the, yeah. the gangsters are offering this illegal substance. They need people to, to use it. Um, it's not just the people in the inner cities um, and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. so, they, so they had to you know, export it. They had to work very hard you at know, getting people interested in it. Yeah. And they I did. Remember, and I remember, Mark, when my dad and I would talk, he used to work at a, a filling station, a, ga- a garage filling station in Marblehead when he was a teenager, and he used to drink Coca-Cola like crazy. My dad was born in 1917. When he drank Coca-Cola originally, it had cocaine in it. Is that isn't that an urban legend? No, Coca-Cola no, had cocaine. It's true. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that it was in 1917. I cannot uh, verify. Yeah, I don't or know when that. they stopped it, but they did change the formula, okay. and that's you know back when they had cocaine in it. And he goes, you know, I used to drink eight of those a day, <laughs> and I were like, he goes, it gave you a lot of energy, and it, uh, it has zip. Yeah, it had a lot of zip. Was the word he used to use? He used zip to give was a lot the, of zip. The word they used yeah. in their ads. Yeah, exactly. And uh, by and zip they meant cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> so it, you know, and it's uh, it's one of these deals where you, if you look at that that prohibition that causes this this incredible profit and in, profit incentive, and of course the inability to be able to rely on proper courtrooms and police procedures and the all of the supposed establishments that are out there. So the all the problems have to be addressed through force, always right. through force on the criminal side. Right, because you can't go to a an arbitrator and solve no. a problem. No, there are no criminal arbitrators. It's just uh, kill or be killed. Right, you know, defend right. your turf or lose it. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. And the same thing with prostitutes. They have no place to go. You know, they they've got these Johns who are watching yeah. over them, and and it's that, a real it's, shame. It's the pimps that are watching over them. I mean, the the pimps. Yeah, I did that before. It's the pimps. Yes, and uh, it's, it's apparently you don't know enough about this whole prostitute. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know what can I tell you? So Fred's got it wrong in two ways. He thinks that uh, our position is that we hope legalization will. Eliminate the need for guns. Well, no. Legalizing drugs, re-legalizing drugs won't make it so people don't have to have guns anymore. You're still going to, it's people that want drugs, will, or excuse me, want guns should still be allowed to have them. Because even without uh, drugs being illegal, there's still a chance of crazy people and there's still a chance of violence. Legalizing drugs won't eliminate violence entirely, but it will drastically reduce it sure. literally almost overnight. And that's not something we have to hope for either. It's... Something you can look at history and see, yeah, that's what happens. When you make it so drugs are legal again, then it gets out of the hands of criminals. Because how many criminals are dealing aspirin? Right. How many? Well, it's legal. Right. They don't have to. Nobody. No criminals are selling NyQuil on the street corner. Right. It's legal. You can walk right into the CVS or your local pharmacy. I don't think and aspirin and NyQuil some. really resonates with most people. I think that really what you have to be talking about is cigarettes, cigarettes and, and alcohol. Alcohol. Okay, I mean, sure. Yeah. The, the, They're all know, drugs. Yeah. Whatever. They certainly are, and the people are going to want those things. Remember, alcohol was illegal. Yes, they had shootouts over it. Yes, people went ahead and drank it. Right. Yeah. They Amazingly, it. Budweiser and uh, you know all the other cores and those guys—they're not shooting up each other. To no. Try they're not blowing each other's factories now. up. And, no, and, in fact, they help provide us with advertising revenue to watch football games now because everybody's so interested in right. this stuff. And, you know, there's lots of good reasons, uh, you know, logical reasons why 
it should be legal for people to own guns completely. Mm-hmm. It should be legal for people to use drugs if they want. But the fact is, it's my body. And if I want to go home and drink a gallon of bleach, I can do that because I it is mine. I own it. Not uh, Fred or um, you know the, the Keen City Council, not anybody. It's me. I decide. Absolutely. And so if I want to protect myself with a gun... I earned the money to go pay for that gun. It's mine. You can't tell me otherwise. Now, if I use that gun to hurt someone or or take someone else's property, then we're talking about jail time on a lot of it. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't matter, though, if you used a gun or a knife or, uh, you know, just your bare fists. If you're using force on somebody else, if you're harming another person or taking their property, regardless of what uh, weapon you choose, if any, that's prob- That's the problem. That's the crime. Right, right. That's what needs to be punished. You know, I remember uh, I, I was writing a spec script for Star Trek Voyager one time early on when I was uh, getting into the script writing stuff. And uh, I, I used an idea, I uh, utilized an idea that Douglas Adams had used in a Star Trek, uh, Star, a Doctor Who story. Uh, and I sort of transferred it and manipulated it a little bit. And I had it that the, the Voyager crew was uh, coming upon a spaceship that was burning up. And they, they teleported the people who were still aboard the ship onto their ship and rescued them. Mm-hmm. Turns out that this other alien group arrests them and says that they're, they're tra- uh, trafficking in contraband. And then they find out later that these people that they've rescued were all on a ship. All these people were going to allow themselves to be killed or kill themselves. And when they die, their bodies decompose in this highly addictive substance that the other alien race really loves. Hmm. And so uh, so at a certain point, so I wanted to combine the idea of self-selected suicide, owning one's own body, with the drug war. And in the end, there's this confrontation between one of the characters, and he says, you know, how can you, you know, do such a disservice to the idea of life? And he goes, "Look, my life is my own. Yeah. Because I can do what I want to do with my life. It's the it's the greatest crowning achievement to say that if I want to choose to do this, I'll do it, and I'll do it for my own reasons, not for you. And and as much as people are are disappointed by people who might take their lives or people who might do things that that erode their integrity because of drugs or something like that, it is still their life. And and you have to celebrate the fact that people can make their own decisions even to the point where they cause themselves damage because Isn't it's that the what only makes way. life great? Exactly. It's the only way you can't you you the only way to, to be able to succeed is if you have the freedom to fail. Yeah. And um Fred was talking about uh, keeping guns out of the hands of criminals and this is this is something that, you know, touches my life. I, it's illegal. It's a felony for me to own a gun, a Outrageous. firearm. Um, now, in uh, another state, I could own, say, an antique firearm. In New Hampshire, none at all. Um, so, you know, the, I guess it, it doesn't make any sense. Yes, I made a mistake when I was 17 years old. Right. 20 years ago, I made a mistake. Does that mean that... You know, from here on out, I can't protect my family. That's what it means, apparently. What about my wife? She can't own a gun? No. What about my kid? That's (laughs) one of the big things when this T.I. thing came down. This guy's on probation, you know, and uh, they get him. I I, I really have a problem. I keep hearing this term, gun gun crime, gun violation. Mm -hmm. What is a gun crime? What do they mean by that? And Mark's got a great point. I think if somebody is deemed safe enough to put out into society, our criminal justice system has said that man is safe enough or that woman is safe enough right. to be able to defend himself with a firearm. Otherwise, don't put him out into society. That's a great point. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 78-year-old man is being sued by a cop. Why? We'll find out in hour two. This is Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch in hour number two of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com. Uh, coming up here, we'll tell you about a 78-year-old man being sued by a police officer why? Well, you'll find out. First, let's go to the phones and talk to Chris in New Hampshire. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. what's on your mind? So, I wanted to give you guys another exclusive. exclusive. Oh, this is, uh, word, Chris. this is Chris Lawless. He is the organizer of the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum. And um, previously, we had announced weeks and weeks ago that Bernard von Nothaus would be speaking at the Liberty Forum. Yes. Yeah. Well... Um, I had a long conversation with him today, and he's actually going to give the Friday night keynote speech. Oh, wow. that is lovely. Fantastic. Nice. Congratulations. Wow. Chris, so that's intense. Extremely looking forward to it. He has a lot to say, as you guys well know and your listeners know. Right. Just to bring people up to speed, uh, in case they weren't tuned in last week, uh, Bernard von Nothaus, the Liberty Dollar, alternative private currency, America's number one private currency, had its offices raided by the FBI and Secret Service last week. So his life and his business has been completely uh, flipped upside down. And presuming he's not in a jail cell come uh, come the Liberty Forum, he's going to be there giving a a keynote, which is very cool. Man, Chris, good job. Good job, Chris. That is his one worry, that he won't. He might be in a jail cell and not giving his speech, but he'll do his best, he said. Well, I, cool. yeah, there's not much you can do about that if that's the case. Oh, right on. Anything else to share? Yeah, we just have another group that just signed up called FACT. Um, they're a constitutional group from uh, Pittsburgh. They're going to bring a whole bunch of people. Many of them are free staters, and they're trying to convince the rest to become free staters. <laughs> so they're going to bring a whole group, and Brad Porter, who's a constitutional scholar, will be speaking. I have to oh, say, right. if, if you're somebody who is on the fence about the Free State Project, this uh, wonderful idea of bringing 20,000 liberty lovers to the same state here to New Hampshire uh, in order to get active and, uh, and hopefully get more liberty in our lifetimes, if you're on the fence and you've been thinking about it and thinking about it, go to uh, free, uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and get registered for the Liberty Forum and show up here in uh, the first week of January because it will, I mean, you will be blown away. Well, yeah. yeah, it gives you an opportunity experience. to see what it's like, see some of the people, you know, some of the people that are Free State Project members and, uh, you know, just get a feeling for it all and then you can make up your mind. Oh, it's it's such a great active active place. It's, it's such a good event. And, of course, if people want to see the face behind the voice of Chris Lawless, uh, you know, that's <laughs> another added incentive. Great guy. And, uh, you know, and Chris, I got to compliment you just personally. You know, I mentioned these guys during one of the commercial breaks. Oh, I just got another email from Chris because you and I are communicating about something we will discuss uh, off the air but uh, you are so fast you're so dedicated and you're working so hard on the forum january 3rd i hope people can stop by it's just going to be a blast i can't wait to, to see f paul wilson who's going to be there i'm going to be hanging out speaking on immigration you've got a whole roster of so many people who are going to be there speaking and it's just i was fantastic. upset i have to say i'm upset uh, about one thing about the liberty forum and that, that is that i was looking at the schedule and i saw that the new hampshire media panel which i don't know if that's the panel i'm going to be on or what what, what I, I presumed it might have been, because I know I was on a media panel last year. Yeah, that's great. It, it's appearing at the same time as you're 
doing your presentation, Gardner, and I was oh. very upset because if I have to be in a panel when Gardner's doing his presentation, I might cry. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Gardner's presentation. You were actually thinking yours was going to be the gorilla media. Oh, okay, okay. On okay. Sunday. As long right. as I can go and see Gardner speak, I'll be happy because he uh, was one of the best presentations at the Liberty Forum last oh, year. Man. One of the most uh, valuable, educational, uh, I think, presentations of the entire forum. Thanks, so. Thanks. Anyway, there you go. I've cleared that up. I feel better now, Chris. Uh, anything else to tell us tonight? That's all I got. We do have one more speaker just because I do have to get another speaker to replace um, Bernard. So if anyone has an idea, I do have two speakers who I've already contacted who are thinking about it. But if anybody has a great idea, you're welcome to email me at libertyforum at freestateproject.org. Do we know if – I don't know if this is supposed to be a hush-hush thing, but I, I know you had approached uh, – uh, wrestler Kane from the WWE, uh, Glenn Jacobs, has he uh, committed to doing anything? I have not received a reply back from him yet. Okay. I know uh, he's Chris, a busy guy. But. Yeah, Chris, I got somebody uh, I'll suggest to you an email shortly, buddy. Uh, during one of the commercial breaks, I'll flash you back a message, man. Very good. Thanks hey. for the call, Chris. We appreciate yeah, it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good Keep work. Keep up the good you work. Rock, 800-259-9231. Uh, once again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. And if you're getting registered, you can get 10% off. Use the code 2008FTL, all one word, 2008FTL. We're going to be there. We're going to be broadcasting oh. live. You know, Gardner, you do a radio show every single day here in New Hampshire uh, from 1 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon on yes. a talk station in Concord, WTPL. Yeah. And you're also on, I think, a station in New London as well. So they're starting to syndicate you, which is very cool. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and you can go to libertyconspiracy.com to listen to Gardner's show. But yeah. I'm curious, have you talked to your management uh, about possibly doing your show live from the Liberty Forum? I uh, have not done so yet, and I want to do so. Uh, my general manager, uh, his mother just passed away, so it's been a little uh, little tricky and, uh, you know, have not uh, had too much opportunity to talk to him. But I uh, want to talk to him over the next couple of days, shoot him an email about it, because I think it just it's such a great time, and there's so many interesting people who are there at this thing that I I can't imagine anybody listening to the radio broadcasting as you guys are broadcasting last year would not just be totally enthralled by what they're mm-hmm. hearing. And the ideas that you get from all these different people, ranging from law enforcement against prohibition to uh, to you guys talking, to having an opportunity to talk to Bernard if he's there. Right, all our buddy Jim Babka is going to be there, uh, too. Jim Babka, downsized D.C., absolutely fascinating guy and with so many great ideas, and he's down there in the belly of the beast, you know? Yeah. Uh, really, really cool. So uh, it's it's a great time, and uh, you tell, talk we'll to, to him when you it. talk to him. Uh, let him know that you can just come out and use our equipment. So oh wow, bring your laptop. You won't have to. They won't have to send a station flunky with you to plug oh, in things. That, that's, that'll so, really help those guys out. Yeah. They'll be real happy about that. All Excellent. Right. Oh, and, and by the way, I want to I want to give a big thumbs up to Chris too because you know they're going to have F. Paul Wilson over there, and they they set up this whole authors thing on the Thursday before the re- the weekend really starts up. So if people get there early. Uh, they can meet all the writers and stuff like that, and I got my book. I'll be promoting that, and and Paul Wilson. I'll be sitting right next to. How cool is it? I'll be sitting that's next to exciting. Paul Wilson, man. That's a, that's the coolest thing ever. All right, let's go to the news here uh, from Chicago Sun Times. Hospital scuffle. More than a year ago, a 78-year-old stroke victim said he was yanked from his car and beaten by Stroger Hospital police while waiting for his wife. Hospital workers said they videotaped parts of the melee before recording devices were ripped away by the very same officers. Now, one of the cops is suing Augustin Sotomayor and his family, saying they've tarnished his reputation. Officers say they were simply reacting when Sotomayor drove over a cop's foot after police approached to ask Sotomayor to move his car. Sotomayor says he was parked legally. 
Ramoa Robert filed suit last week in Cook County Circuit Court demanding more than $150,000 from those he say wrongfully accused him of taking part in injuring Sotomayor. Robert has since left the scandal-plagued police force for a suburban department, but his lawyer said he's suing to salvage his good name. A police officer's reputation is everything, said his attorney. He feels very strongly about his reputation, and he intends to protect it. The lo- no, First of all, nobody would have known who Remo Robert was if he hadn't filed this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Now your reputation's really in the tank. Right. Because you look like a real jerk. Now, look, if this old man really did run over a cop's foot, I understand that certainly wasn't a nice thing to do. Maybe well, he, he didn't probably know. didn't do it on purpose. I mean, have you right. ever, you know, those those old Bu- those those um, those new Buicks and the late model Lincolns, they ch- they handle really poorly, uh, from what I can tell. Every time I see somebody in a fresh uh, fresh new Buick, I I give them a little extra room <laughs> uh-huh. because I know that those cars they don't handle well. Especially and as the guy's seventy seven, you know, seventy eight. Do you think that's the well, reason? At that time, he was probably seventy seven. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. So yeah, you know, and and, and besides, as you said, the the guy would not be in the papers right now if he hadn't brought this up. And the, the only reason he's doing it is because probably he looked like a real ass because they had him on tape. Well, they thought they had him on tape until the cops came and snatched the cell phones away from the hospital workers. We mm. continue. The lawsuit claims the Sotomayor family publicly identified Robert as one of those who caused injuries to the elderly man in the September 2006 incident. The old man has suffered since other health troubles, including another stroke. Said officers demanded to know his ethnic status, ripped him from the car, and ethnic status threw him to the ground. Charges of battery against Sotomayor were dropped in the FBI investigating the incident. Uh, the FBI investigated and the county board issued a formal apology. A hospital worker who documented the incident on his cell phone said officers took away the phone, and when it was finally given back later, guess what? It had been erased. All of the files had been deleted. What now, what do they have to hide? Hmm, maybe footage of them beating up an old man. This is lovely. More on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So head on over to, uh, to freetalklive.com and enjoy those, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website, for your downloaded convenience at freetalklive.com. Uh, Just a few more thoughts on this pretty sad story out of the Chicago area. There was an old gentleman, a 78-year-old man, stroke victim, who was apparently yanked from his car by the Stroger Hospital Police a year ago while he was waiting for his wife. Then he was apparently beaten as well, so he claims. And apparently it wasn't just his claim, because there were some hospital staff standing around at the time, probably out on a smoke break or something. Recorded it. That happened to have their cell phones, and as you know, many cell phones have the handy-dandy video devices embedded in them, and so they recorded the scene, which the cops who were doing the beating noticed, and then they went over and confiscated the cell phone of one of the uh, the hospital workers, who, when he got his cell phone back, discovered that the files he had recorded had been deleted. Now, this is not an isolated incident. These sorts of things go on across the country where media people are harassed by the police, are ordered to not record, or just your average citizen uh, with a recording device has it confiscated, whether it be a full-size video camera or uh, or a cell phone, and the cops just, you know, they take the tape, delete the files. 
is that an outrage to you? Because it is. It seems pretty outrageous to me that that's going on. I find that disgusting. If you're in a public place and you claim to be a public servant, then you should have no say over whether or not anybody can point a video camera in your direction. Right. Uh, actually, they don't have any say in, in whether or not people can point a video camera in their direction. They just go ahead and do it. They use the power of their office, the, the, the power that their office, the, the fear of people um, regarding their office, and they just do what they want. Exactly. And then you have to you know, beg them to get your property back. And then when you get it back, it does, if it doesn't have the files that it, you thought it was supposed to have that you recorded, what do you do about that exactly? I mean, is there, is there a law against the police deleting these files? No, there's no, there's no law about that, that, at least that I know of. Yeah. And certainly these people aren't going to go and file a lawsuit and, and you know, spend thousands of dollars or however much it would cost to, to put a case cell through phone the, back. Right, to put a case through the court system to, uh, to well, not necessarily, the guy got his cell phone back, but it didn't have the files he right. recorded on well, it. What is he going to do about that? Right, they're gone. Censure the police officer? Right. For, well, there, we, we didn't beat him, but, uh, you know, we, we deleted it anyway because we felt like, uh, you know, it was inappropriate. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And I mean, that's my property, man. Nobody... You know? I would agree that it's absolutely wrong, but there's just no point in taking it to court and spending right. you, your time and money on they're it. Not gonna, yeah, the right. cop's not going to get in trouble. You're not going to get the files back. No. They've been deleted. Uh, and again, what's the worst that they're going to do to the cop? If there was some sort of provision in the law that says that you know police must not do so-and-so, what's the worst that's going to happen? First of all, there is no provision, so there, nothing's going to happen. And, and, and secondly, we know that the police constantly find themselves completely innocent of all the charges that have been leveled against them. I mean, these cops pulled a 78-year-old stroke victim from his car and commenced beating on this man in a hospital parking lot. And let me read to you what the result of the investigation was. Let's, you can probably guess. Oh, yeah. So the hospital worker, uh, let's see, uh, Robert knows, definitely knows what he did. This is the cop. No one can change that, said one of his, uh, one of the 78-year-old man's daughters. To step, on, to step on someone's dignity who's already down, what kind of human being even does that? An internal Stroger Hospital investigation turned up no wrongdoing by officers. So it's apparently it's completely okay for officers to pull a 78-year-old man out of his car and then proceed to beat on him and then to steal the cell phones of the surrounding uh, employees who are videotaping the scene and then return them later without the file. Completely okay. Completely you know, we, okay. All, we all end up running into some of these situations where somebody makes a wrong turn or something, something bad happens and it's sort of ambiguous. Who did the wrong thing? People are pushing on each other. You know, sometimes you get caught, caught, cut off in traffic. Who knows what the problem could be? But we tend to think that the police officers that are vested with this power to use force in a legal manner uh, are going to be a little bit more dedicated to safeguarding and and in many cases i think they are but when you see these exceptions and you see these guys not even even bothering to really investigate something like this it makes you want to dig further and find out about some of the other instances where the police mess up my brother's an attorney he's represented guys who've been beaten up by cops just because they've been on motorcycles wow i mean it's just it's ridiculous and these guys they get shuffled around they get shifted over to other other areas and they're all protected by their their fellows in blue behind right. the blue shield if you know? uh, if evidence starts to mount up a little too heavy you know if somebody gets away with a videotape and 
they can actually show that the cops are doing something awful, right. you know, then you're right. They'll just put the guy on an investigative leave. He'll get a paid vacation for a few weeks while they supposedly investigate him. Yeah. And then when he comes back, they'll either completely vindicate the guy or they'll say, we've taken care of the situation. And it turns out he's got a desk job for and, a couple uh, weeks. And I got to say, Ian, I think that the psychology of police officers is such that they probably try to maintain a higher standard in not doing bad things. But by the same token, they have a very, very high standard for intolerance of behavior that they don't like. If they order you to do something, they expect you to do it just as they want you to do it. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're on a very fine line there because they have to hold themselves back. But at the same time, they're constantly, constantly, constantly in a position where they can order people to do things or judge the way people are acting. And that's very dangerous. Here's an interesting additional factoid from the end of the uh, the end of the story. Stroger Hospital officers have repeatedly been accused of improper use of force over the years. So, this batch yeah. of cops, this isn't the first encounter with an accusation <laughs> Tough about crew, huh? right uh, about using excessive <laughs> force. And interestingly enough, the county board at one point voted to abolish hospital police. <laughs> Yeah, it's so weird. They're still cops. They're just on the hospital duty. You know, the hospital beat essentially. They're oh. still regular cops. Okay, just, that's their assignment. Right? I see. Uh, and so, in, interestingly enough, the county board voted to abolish the uh, the the force in favor of private guards. So they'd said, "We've had enough. There've been enough incidents." To incidences to say, okay, you know, let's bring in private guards. We can get them under control much better. They're going to behave much more professionally. Let's bring in private guards. Well, guess what happened? That decision was later reversed after heavy pressure by the officers' union. Yep, it's the union. I knew it was going to be yeah. the union. See, the, what does that mean? Pressure. When the union um, gets heavy in, pressure. When the union gets involved um, in government matters, it's uh, there's always problems. Now, I don't have any problem with unions in general, mm-hmm. but when you start al- allowing unions and government to mix, whether it's um, you know government employees being unionized or whatever it is, that's when the difficulty starts. Because the fact is, those police officers work for you and me, or at least the people of uh, what Maryland, Chicago area, Chicago area. They work for those people. They pay their bills. Mm. So those people should not be obligated in any way, shape, or form to to um, to continue to employ those police officers if they don't feel like it. And those people in government are supposed to represent those people, yeah. allegedly. Um, and and there's just in in I I shouldn't just because I went to Walmart and bought some stuff yesterday doesn't mean that I'm obligated to go to Walmart next week. Right. I can go anywhere I want to buy whatever I want, and these police officers are simply providing a service. And to to unionize is really it's holding uh, the the people hostage. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We got calls on the line. Going to you next. This is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. And also on the way, we'll take a visit to your local airport and find out what the TSA is going to be demanding of you next. They've got new rules. Are you ready? This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,450 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. Wiki. WIKI.freetalklive.com and the new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet with a blue LED light to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster, as well as a whole bunch of other cool, geeky kind of toys. Mm-hmm. Get them at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com. Well, let's go right into the phone calls here. Talk to Rachel in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Rachel. Hi, how are you? Good. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I went on a couple websites, and I wondered if you folks had heard anything about the new laws regarding sometime in March or April or May that they're going to chip us with the Verichip. Oh, yeah. How are they going to do that? Me with the Verichip. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Uh, how are they going to do that exactly? I don't know how they're going to do it, but it goes yeah, under... Because they can't. I mean, can you imagine the amount of people that would be upset about something like that? Yeah, can you imagine trying to to, to hunt down 300 million people? I can't imagine right. that, that, that. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I certainly understand the concern that people have over the, uh, you know, the chipping technology. Uh, at this point, really, what you've got are... Essentially, some people are voluntarily choosing to get themselves chipped for whatever the reasons are. I know there was an example of a like a club down in Miami that was chipping their VIPs or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I think that some parents, you know, have, have certainly considered getting their kids one of these chips. But obviously, there are, there are serious concerns about privacy issues, about government uh, monitoring of those with chips and that sort of thing. And certainly, they're not going to be lining people up and mandating chipping anytime soon. Not to say that some totalitarian uh, dictator kind of uh, situation might you know uh, might not do something like that they certainly could um, for instance they might require that your kids be chipped before they go to government schools that could be one way they could uh, could bring that mm. into play mm. uh, but, they're doing it already I'm sorry they're, they're doing it out in California and they're doing it in some of the southern states mm. what website did you see this on I saw this on um, the rare chip under surveillance um, You're telling me the Verichip website is claiming that uh, they're no, chipping... No, they got a Korean website. They got Verichip Korea, and they got some other... Right, well, we live, in the, we live in America, so yeah, how, is it that, how is it that Verichip in Korea is talking about what they're doing in California? I don't, I don't know what's going on with yeah. that. It doesn't I sound do like you really do have... know what's going on. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Wait 800-259-9231. No, it doesn't sound like that. I mean, come on. If, if the government in California were demanding people line up to be chipped, you'd think, I mean, you don't think that even the, even the crackpot conspiracy websites in this country would be all over a story like that. And I do check in with those websites from time to time, and I haven't seen anything about that. So, sorry, don't believe it. Yeah, you know, you can't even see that coming. Even if we were to have another incredible terrorist attack, uh, you can't even see it coming after that one. It was going to take many, many years, yeah. and and even then, it's 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 just going to be so problematic. People right. will stand up against it so much. Uh, especially adults. Now, again, I think if they want to slip it in, the get best way the to kids. do it for them would be to get make it so if you want your kid to go to school, then they have to get the chip. That's yeah. what they can do, and that way, you know, year after year, a whole new batch of kids will get chipped, and they can just hit them, you know, every year from here on out instead of having to deal with rounding up the 250 million adults out
out there that are unshipped and, and shipping them. That would be the most effective way to do it. Not that I, I hope that happens. I no, don't want that to happen. But that's probably the likely the way they do it. And I would hope that parents school. I would hope that parents would refuse and absolutely say, you know, this is the last straw. My kids aren't going to government school anymore. I'm pulling them out. I'm going to take them to private school or I'm going to homeschool them or something like that. Yeah. But nobody has even proposed a, uh, proposed a program like that yet. I mean, no. that's not, it's just not happening. They, they can't be chip. No, they're not going to line us all up and chip us like cattle. For one, how will they get us to line up? Yeah, they can't. Uh, so, sorry, sweetie. I, I appreciate your concern, but you... Oh, don't be so condescending. You know, you need to question your websites a little bit more than you currently do. It's just, you know, you can get information from all kinds of different sources. Some of it's questionable. In fact, I'd say all of it's questionable until you can verify the uh, the claims it's just hearsay. Hey, I mean, you can go to the CNN website and watch scenes from a totally spurious, made-up debate. Sure. Where they, all the CNN questioners were already picked beforehand, just sure. like all the other debates. So even if it comes from a major news website, it's still questionable. Take it with a grain of salt, okay? Uh, but nonetheless, if a story like that really does happen, you can better believe if we get wind of it, we'll be all over oh, something yeah. like that. That's yeah. outrageous. That's major police state activity that definitely deserves to be covered. Unfortunately, or fortunately, rather, it's not happening. So, let's move on to Jeremy in Kalispell, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Everything coming in loud and clear? You've got yeah. it. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Well, well um, I've been going through this breakup with this girl that has been staying with me, and for some reason, she I think it's a little game with her, but she calls the police to come get the rest of her things, right? So, anyway, she just comes in the house and starts grabbing my stuff. And I'm like, hold on, wait Whoa. a minute. That's, you know, this is mine. And then the cop comes in, and I'm telling him, you know, that I don't want him in my house. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And asking him, you know, isn't this illegal? You know, you need a warrant. And ended up making a, you know, not really an official complaint, but talked to the sergeant, and he just backed him up the whole way. And I'm like, hey, you know, I don't like you in here. And, this and that, and he said, I don't need a warrant. I don't have to leave. I'm here to ensure her safety and blah, 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 and I just don't get it. I mean, if I don't want the guy inside my property, then I I, I just don't know what to think. I don't That's an interesting it, point. I, uh, you know, I've never actually come across a case like that. I mean, certainly that... Yeah, I, it's got to be common, but... Right. If yeah, it, It's your house, right? I mean, she doesn't own the house, does she? No, no, she was just staying with me, and right. I'm not going to say the guy's a jerk, I mean, because he didn't do nothing mean besides say that he didn't need a warrant and that he could take me to jail for stealing her stuff or, you know, and just start, you know, and I, I'm like, look, man, I'm not taking her stuff, dude, you know. It's like, yeah, why can't he wait outside? I mean, look, uh, if it's your house and he doesn't have a warrant, then why can't he just wait outside? And if she doesn't come back out with some stuff, then he can, I don't know, think a crime has been committed and then investigate or something. I don't know. I mean, what, what's wrong with him waiting outside? Well, he, he started talking about wanting to take me to jail after I told him I don't didn't want him in my house. You know, and it's like, well, I can take you to jail for stealing her stuff and and then he's like, keep it up, buddy, you know, because I'm getting upset at this point. Yeah. You know, and I, I just want her gone and out of my life. She could have came over and got her stuff without him, man. It's not, you know, I've never done nothing to her to make her scared of me besides yell at her a couple of times. And, you, you know, and, and so, she didn't have to bring him over in the first place. But I guess that's all besides the 
point. Yeah, I no, guess it is. I don't know. It sounds kind of weird. She goes over with a cop with her. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like they were called in because they were they got a report of a domestic squabble. This is an unheard like of, Gardner. I mean, a, a female or, or anybody. I mean, I guess they would do it for a male as well. But anybody that's concerned about a a potential dust up between them and a former uh, you know former love, sure, they uh, they feel uncomfortable. They need somebody to go with them to make them feel better. If a family member or friend isn't available, they'll call the police. And, hey uh, guys, the, even the sergeant on duty said that uh, you know that in a case like that he. He didn't, you know, need a warrant or whatever, and it's, it's kind of... I'd call a lawyer on that. Um, I wouldn't, you know, obviously we're guys behind microphones. We don't know for sure, but I would contact a lawyer and find out if that indeed uh, is true or not, because the cops can claim whatever they want. I mean, there's no, there's no penalty no. for them to lie to you. So they, they love saying that, oh, I'll arrest you for whatever. They just want to scare you into compliance. So I don't know if I believe what they say. I don't know if I, I live in kind of a small community, so I don't know if it's better to be a bootlicker and have a place to live and a job to work. Or mm-hmm. then the, well, the I don't one, think you're going to get anything out of yeah. uh, pursuing this at this no. point. And I th- I'd say that uh, you know your your problem's over right now. This uh, is just I, an informational exercise, more than any more yeah. so than anything. I'm not else. sure that uh, I, I'm not sure that you've got anything to gain by uh, going after just the, a, this police officer. Right, just a, I don't want to do nothing like that no. anyway. I That's just going to bring problems. Not, yeah, if you go after the cops, then they're going to have a vendetta against you, and then you'll find yourself getting pulled over for all manner of things and marijuana planted in your car and that sort of thing. So if you ever find out the truth, let us know, Jeremy. Thanks for the call. Interesting situation. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Get your hands on all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like our Free Talk Live hats and hoodies and T-shirts. We've got a ladies' tee. We've got a not-so-ladies tee. Uh... And all kinds of great other products. Head over to store.freetalklive.com and uh, load up your shopping cart. American Consumer News is an online magazine which will provide you a steady stream of money-saving tips to help you get closer to financial freedom. The magazine discusses such topics as investing, real estate, frugality, debt reduction, and much, much more. That's AmericanConsumerNews.com. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Justin in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Justin. How you do? Well, that's hey, on your Justin. mind. Yeah, I was going to comment on that police beating. Oh, my God, an old man? Mm. Well, it's not the first time, but yes, a 78-year-old man was beaten by uh, a Chicago-area crew of hospital police, and then they took the cell phone of a hospital employee who had recorded the whole thing. It makes me think that could happen to me. Sure Because I could. once held up a sign because I was pissed off because they didn't impeach Bush that the uh, Democrats didn't impeach Bush. I was pissed off about it, so I held up a sign by myself in front of a post office saying, impeach Bush now. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how fast the cops coming. Really? Oh, yeah. The cops came right after me. Hmm. Now, where were you in relation to the post office? Cause I, know I was the on po- the sidewalk. Was it by the front door? No, I was right in front of... It wasn't even by the front door. It was just on the sidewalk. Yeah, you should have been driving by, huh? Right, you should have been okay then. What do the cops tell you? Well, I had a feeling they were about to bust me if I didn't leave. 
Did they say anything to you? Wait a minute. Did they say anything, or did they just throw looks in your direction, ominous looks? They threw looks. looks in my direction, like really intimidating. Look, you had one guy that looked like a Gestapo member in plain clothes, right? And the other guy looked like he looked like SS, you know? He had a shaved <laughs> head, mm. really thick exterior, like muscular. He almost looked like a. They both looked like almost like a almost like a Nazi film. Yeah, it is know? kind of scary how uh, how the the cops, many of them, the newer ones, resemble skinheads. Very frightening. It's oh. they all have that same. Uh, I think they're just trying head. to uh, trying to affect a military thing um, to some extent. Yeah, whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of scary. So they actually never said anything to you, and you I you went away. But you know, I made a citizen's complaint against them afterwards. Yeah, well, a lot of good and that they does. They never bothered mm-hmm. me since. But when I was practicing my karate at the park, there was an unmarked cop car watching me practice my karate. Sounds After, like you're a little was, on the paranoid side about he, that one. You but never know. You never no, no, know. I, saw, I saw the badge and the uniform inside the car. I was looking. He was probably just taking a break. Yeah, <laughs> taking a nap or something. That's what they do. They uh, pull over on the side of the road and sleep or, or masturbate. Uh, one or the other. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259, I mean self-pleasure. 800-259-9231. Let's continue and talk to Roger in Arizona. Roger, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey. Hey, Thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to comment on the situation that happened in Chicago with, as you said, the hospital police. That's right. Beating a uh, 78-year-old man, stroke victim. Bear with me because I have a few comments. I grew up in Chicago. lived there all my life. I Mm. no longer live there. Uh, But let me explain a few things about, as you said, Cook County, the hospital police. They're not hospital police. They're actually Cook County sheriff's deputies. Because Cook County Jail has so many inmates that need hospitalization or treatment, the deputies are there to escort them, and they also have cushy jobs, some of them, sitting down, just guarding stuff. So they're not hospital police. They're actually Cook County Sheriff's deputies. Well, no, no, I, I understand that. I mean, that, that that's... That's typical at many hospitals around the country is they have certain cops who are on the either the sheriff's department or the local uh, city police that are just simply assigned to guard the hospital or assigned to duty at the hospital. So in the same way that some cops are assigned to the vice squad, they are okay. assigned now, to the hospital. If, you, if you'll allow me, I can tell you stories about stuff that happened in Chicago to blow your mind. Give me one or two. Sure, go ahead. I, okay, I'll give you one an example. Um, just a couple weeks ago, um, Chicago has a program. On the um, the elderly, because the elderly woman was a little bit slow, she may have been asleep, <clears throat> she may have been hard of hearing. She's 82 years of age. She, because the she what? I'm her, sorry, your phone cut out for a second. She okay, went. what happened was there was an 82 year old woman in her home, mm-hmm. and the city sent people around to check on the elderly. She's on the list to be someone to come and check on her and see if she's okay. Okay, because she was slow in opening her door, the guardian called the police. Chicago police officer came and kicked her door in. Now, this woman, thinking that someone's breaking into her house, the only thing she had was a hammer. She came to the door, and the police officer tased an 82-year-old woman. Mm. It happened last week. Yep, I heard about that story. It was one of the ones we just didn't get, it, didn't get a chance to get to. Now, let me tell you something about the city of Chicago rarely put cops on trial. When they do something, they put them on trial. It's only scenery for the public. Yeah. Yep. The reason why is they try to appease the public. There was a shooting that occurred with a 26-year-old African-American woman named Latanya Haggerty. What happened was she was in the car, took a ride from a guy that she knew lived in the neighborhood. It turns out this guy was the boyfriend of a female police officer who followed her, would not disengage from the chase, even though the sergeant told them to, shot this woman, killed her, and according to witnesses, put a cell phone in her hand, and she said, ah, I thought she had a gun. Let me see if I understood you correctly. 
he followed this woman. Why? Uh, what? What? Why okay. was he following? She her? saw her boyfriend and another woman in the car. Gotcha. She was on duty at the time. They There's a female them. cop. I see. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The female cop and her partner chased this man, who was the female cop's boyfriend. Jeez. Okay. They opened fire because they stopped at a stoplight, and mm-hmm. then after that, he took off. They went out of their patrol district, and when they finally cornered them, she went up to the car, shot this woman. One bullet pierced the heart, killed her, and according to more than 30 witnesses, they saw this police officer reach in and put something in her hand. Holy it just so happens it was a cell phone. Wow. And she was never prosecuted. She was fired, but never prosecuted. The... Victim's family received $26 million, but let me tell you something about lawsuits. When they announce lawsuits, that money is not paid all at once, even though the person didn't die slowly. They died rather quickly. <laughs> it's like an annuity. They get so much money per month until it's paid off. That's why the taxes in the city of Chicago and Cook County are so high. If you're a police They're officer paying all these annuities. This, yeah, if you're a police officer or a firefighter in the city of Chicago, when you get your paycheck, your paycheck is post-dated. There was a time when I used to work for the city. You could go and cash your paycheck in any bank in the city of Chicago. You get paid on a Friday, the check is post-dated to that Wednesday. That's how Chicago is in such of a financial bind. Wow. And I left there because they raised property taxes 133% overnight. Well, I'm sure that's just one of the factors as to why they're so financially messed up. I mean, there's just government doesn't know how to, how to handle money, and, uh, and there's a variety of reasons. But certainly very interesting. Um, I'm glad you got out. Probably uh, was no, no. Well, I got out for a number of different reasons because yeah. I went and testified at a beating trial. <laughs> you did? Oh. Yes, I did. And the, the closer it came to the date to go to trial, every time I walked out of my um, where I worked, <clears throat> they would be sitting in the parking lot. They would actually follow me to the edge of the city because I live 21 miles from the city. Mm-hmm. And I eventually did testify. Nothing ever became of it. Sure. He lost his job because he beat the guy and broke seven bones in his body. I myself and another woman witnessed it. They tried every intimidation tactic they could. I got to a point where I saw one guy in a grocery store, one of the cops, involved in the beating, and he had his hands full. He had bags in his hands, and I went up to him, and I told him, the intimidation tactics won't work. I will be in court. If you follow me to my house, bad things will happen to you. Wow. Now, that's a believable story, sir, and uh, I totally, uh, totally believe where you're coming from on that. These cops are out of control. They know they're a gang. It's the thin blue line. They close the ranks, and they protect their own. Whenever one of their buddies is is accused of something, they all back him up, and then, like you said, they get away with murder in many cases. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, sure. How does the public stop it? Protests don't work. How does the public stop it? The only way to stop it is to completely abolish the uh, government police and to replace them with... You said uh, one word, government police. Yeah, to completely abolish them. Then that's difficult. I mean, you'd have to... You'd literally have to elect... Uh, you'd have to elect people to a city council and have them uh, somehow get rid of the police department, though that might not even work because it might be state-mandated and uh, the city might get its so-called powers from the state, which means you might have to get people elected to the to state office in order to change it. And all of this is very, very difficult. That's not how it works in Chicago. Chicago is so political, mm-hmm. okay? It's, it's mandated by the mayor. I won't mention his name. I no longer live in Chicago, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's mandated by him that unless it's so awful and brutal, they will, they will send a message out to the public, and they will try a cop for selling drugs. Uh, they tried seven for gang activity within the ranks of the Chicago Police Department some years ago. 
I think the cities are hopeless. There's no chance in changing any of the cities. I think that uh, the the most... I think besides getting people elected to city councils and state houses and that sort of thing, maybe some entrepreneur who's willing to put it all on the line can come maybe here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and open up some sort of you know, competitive agency, some sort of government protection agency that will protect you from uh, the government uh, going after you. Otherwise, I don't know what to say, and you're absolutely two, two, right. Two more things, if you'll let me make two more comments, and it's I'll be It's been a great call, with. my friend. We're out of time this hour, but call us tomorrow night, okay? Thank you. 800-259-9231, hour three coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free. So enjoy those. freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls here. And uh, if we get a chance, we'll talk about the TSA and their new rule that they want you to follow. At least one of them. Uh, let's go to William first in Tennessee on the amplifier line. Hello, William. Hey, guys. Hey, it, hey William. I um, just got back from the Mouse House, uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, Disney World. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a currency there called the Disney dollar. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. And they've had it for over 20 years because they had it in 1984 when I went there as a kid. And what, um, what is it? Is something you can only use in the park? Right, but theoretically, it's worth a one one Disney dollar is worth one Federal Reserve note. Okay, it's just like a gift certificate system that they have there. Yep. But actually, they have different do- denominations, and it looks like money. Okay. Um, this ties into the whole Ron Paul. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Liberty Dollar with the Ron Paul dollars being confiscated. Mm-hmm. Um. If Disney can do it, why the hell can't Bernard von Nuthouse? Yeah. Right. And you actually get more value out of the Liberty Dollar than you do a Disney Dollar. Well, sure that's why they want to get rid of the Liberty Dollar. Right, because exactly. it's a real because threat. The, 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 the Disney it, I, Dollar is, is not – the Disney Dollar's value isn't going to fluctuate because it's going to be hooked to the dollar. So you'll get one dollar for every Disney dollar, and it's not showing how the dollar's going down in value. But the Liberty Dollar will show you how it's going down in value because it's based mm-hmm. on a precious metal. Well, that's that's a big conspiracy, and I didn't think you guys dealt with conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, uh, no. Yeah, that, I mean, it, either either it's a really strange coincidence, or it is um, it's a conspiracy to protect the Federal Reserve note. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I yeah. would go with a conspiracy on that one um, because the monetary system in the United States is definitely a conspiracy. I mean, conspiracy being people, uh, you know, two people deciding to do something uh, in secret, essentially. So, yeah, at least two people. And the the whole Federal Reserve System was definitely set up on a uh, sort of a secretive basis. They they met in secret at uh, Jekyll Island, and yeah. uh, the, you know, the whole thing has sort of been kind of a secret operation. And uh, absolutely, they want to protect their dollar. They don't. Uh, they want to protect their fiat currency. They don't want any real threats to arise. And 
They they know the Liberty Dollar keeps gaining in popularity, and especially since they've uh, tied themselves to the Ron Paul campaign, they're getting even more attention than ever before. It's awfully coincidental that these raids just happen to occur literally days after a, a full two-ton shipment of uh, Ron Paul dollars arrived at the home office. So, you know, it's it's certainly interesting coincidences. Yeah, I'm really glad so, you brought this up, by the way. It's but, great. But you know, full it's... disclosure here. Full disclosure, um, I got this from a... Uh, a blog post on the Washington Post website. Yeah. Um, and somebody compared it to the Disney dollar, and they had pictures of Disney dollars up on that blog well, post. Smart person, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it, I mean, also, it's akin to getting chips at a at a casino. You know, you can redeem them oh, later. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, but, it's but, but, you know, if I didn't have money and I owed you money, yeah. and, but I did have a casino chip, wouldn't you take a $25 casino chip for my debt. If I, if, if I lived would. relatively close to that casino, yeah. um, but if I decided that I wanted to take it for, you know, a twenty dollar debt or something like, you know, and say, well, you know, well, well we're we're uh, just one hour from uh, casinos right. down in Tunica, Mississippi. So yeah, I mean, I would definitely take yeah. casino chips in form of payment if somebody owed me money. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. By yeah. the way, to address the uh, the thing about the conspiracy theory, uh, you know, are we a conspiracy theory show? No, not at all. This isn't a conspiracy right. theory show. I think there's a difference, you know, between identifying. Some interesting points and you know spending hours and hours uh you know delving into minutia in regards to 9-11 and the tr- uh, the right. crash of the towers well, and that's well, there's a lot of truth before you get to lizard people <laughs> <laughs> what a great line you got to put that on a bumper sticker right next to mark's i wish the anarchists would just leave me alone awesome good line stuff, good stuff william any other thoughts that's it. Thanks for the call. Great 800-259-9231. And that's how you end your call, too. You, yeah. take, you, 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 you don't great. try to come out and take more bows or anything like that. You get your good line in and go. Awesome. Let's continue awesome. and talk to Roy in California. Roy, you're on Free Talk Live. Roy drop. Roy's gone. Mm-hmm. Let's try Ken in Connecticut. Ken, hello. Hey, Ken. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, What's on your mind, sir? I had a question regarding Saturday's show, actually, uh, with the police asking homeowners to invite them into their house. Yes, Uh, yes, they're asking them with uh, three goons standing outside of their front door looking scary and frightening and saying things like, we're going to have to ask you to allow us to search your house. We're going to have to ask you to search. You just can't refuse, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's what's going on. What's your question? Well, what if I'm not at my house but, say, a babysitter is? and they invite the police into the house. Mm. Can they do that? Yes. Or do I have any recourse against that? Um, As I understand it, anyone who is in the home can allow someone in. There's a great video called Busted. Uh, If you go to the Free Talk Live BBS, you can find it. I think it's under the Promoting Liberty Forum. There's a link to it there. Or you just go online and look for it. They have a segment on Busted about the police coming to your home. They cover the police encountering you on the street, like just a contact on the street. They cover them pulling you over in the car, and they cover them coming to the home. And the situation they use to talk about them coming to your home is a bunch of kids having a party. And it shows that if just, you know, some random kid, some drunken kid comes to the front door and there's a cop there and he lets the cop into the house, boom, that cop's in the, the house. Cop is in the house. If you're home at the time and you are a homeowner, as I understand it, I could be wrong about this. Certainly, I would love to have a law enforcer to call in and correct me. But um, as I understand it, you can then limit the police. So if someone has allowed the police in, you can say, whoa, whoa, I'm the homeowner here. Look, I'm sorry they were mistaken. I don't want you in here. You you need to leave. Of course, it's going to be difficult to get them out at that point. Um, But you should have that ability. In the case of a babysitter, if you aren't home and they let the cops in, you are SOL, my friend. And they can take whatever they want that they find at that point. 
my stash or, you know. Sure, yeah. sure, and charge you with, uh, with crimes for it. Yep. It's crazy. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for Very the call. Cool. 800-259-9231. So if you're concerned about that, uh, make sure your babysitter knows the rules. And that is, don't answer the door if the cops come. Yeah. And that's what they say. Uh, you know, in the inner cities, they say that many people, they just know better than to let the cops in their house or yeah. to even answer the door, to even talk to the police. It's come to the point where the police are so untrustworthy, so questionable, so corrupt, and so dangerous to your freedom that it just doesn't even make sense to talk to them. And, of course, the police are frustrated by that because if they are investigating a, a legitimate crime instead of you know a drug dealer or something like that, if they're investigating a murder or a rape or something like that, they have a tough time getting cooperation from people. And, you know, if you cops would just stop enforcing bad laws and become you know oh, the good guys point. again, Excellent. then it wouldn't be an issue anymore. Then Excellent. people would help you out. But nobody wants to help you. People don't want to even look your direction because they're frightened to death that you're going to find something to arrest them for. And they have good reason to be frightened of that. You do that stuff. Now, not all cops. Some cops are good guys, and they're, you know, they're not corrupt. But the fact is, you don't know, as, a, as an individual who's encountering the police, you don't know if you're dealing with a good guy or a bad guy. You, you have to presume the worst, I'm afraid. And that's the way people are dealing with the police these days. Mm-hmm. Just don't even talk to them. Well, when you say corrupt, um, you're, you're, using, you're using the term to denote people that... Uh, you know, enforce, enforce laws that law. you don't like. Um, you know, and I would agree with you that I don't think those laws should exist, but I, I'm not sure that that makes an officer corrupt. Well, I, mean, I also mean corruption. I don't think that enforcing bad laws is corruption necessarily, well, but well, it leads would, to corruption. I mean, I, the fact that they're pro, the prohibition and that sort of thing absolutely leads to uh, to corruption, well, and you never know if you're going to encounter a corrupt cop or not. You don't. I know. would agree with you that you don't know, but I wouldn't. Um, but I would not have. Uh, I would not make it seem as though um, most cops are corrupt. I don't know if it's most. I don't know how many cops are corrupt. There's no way to t- to know those things. It, absolutely, I do not know true. that I I do know that I think a good percentage of them are. I won't go out on a limb and say most of them. I would say a good percentage of them are because we've talked to cops before. Uh, I specifically remember a retired cop from ten, uh, from Tennessee who excuse me it was Texas mm-hmm. who'd called in to say the reason he left the force was because uh, all of the administrators were corrupt. Because the corruption rises through the ranks. Corrupt cops are more likely to uh, insulate and protect other corrupt cops and that sort of thing. And they all sort of help each other each other out and rise through the ranks. And the good guys get frustrated by the corruption and they end up, they end up quitting. So the corruption drives the good guys out of the force. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of a natural incentive for the good cops to leave and the, that therefore leave the bad cops in the force. Yeah. So, and I've known police in person who've told me, a former NYPD detective told me every cop he knew was on the take and some way more on the way it's free talk live this is free talk live you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line it's ian here with you and guard and mark 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free. Get signed up for the updates. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Do you want to pay higher prices for goods and services? Well, you do every time somebody doesn't pay their bills. That's one of the many compelling reasons SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the businesses, be it bank, hospital, retail store, or utility, could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. 
Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Let's go right into the phone calls again. Talk to Fred in somewhere. Fred, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how's it going? Hey, yeah, what's on I your mind? Confederate States of America because I'm an expat of the CSA, but I'm in Colorado. Oh, okay. How's Very it? good. Yeah. Um, two things. One real quickly. I remember Mark saying that he uh, seldom falls asleep without smoking a cigar. Yes, he's an addict. Rare. Oh, hmm. oh great. Um, do uh, FCC rules prevent him from mentioning brand names? Oh, not at all. Not no, at all. No. I uh, generally okay. smoke, uh, you know, cheapy. I, I learned to smoke cigars in prison. Uh, they don't have uh, expensive cigars in prison, although I have smoked, uh, you know, premium cigars and certainly enjoy uh-huh. them. The kind that I smoke to go to sleep are have a Tampa's. Oh, have a Tampa's. Okay, I see. Yeah, because I'm kind of a, a bit of a connoisseur. Mm. Uh, I like the mid middle to uh, lower high-end price cigars. Partagas are actually my favorite. So, right, now, are you a daily uh, a daily cigar smoker? Um, I have smoked as many as 60 uh, to 90 in one month, and I've smoked as few as three in one entire year. Hmm. Okay. So it's, it's what, is your current, on... what is your current uh, consumption habit? Um, I smoked uh, zero this week, and I smoked uh, 14 or so last week. Wow. Okay. So All over the week, map. Yeah, exactly. I just just whatever what whatever uh, mood I'm in. If I, if it strikes my fancy, I'll grab one out of the humidor. I keep I have a humidor on the truck, and I have one at home. So uh, I've got what, a Fleur de Dominica at home, uh, sitting in my little. Uh, I've got you know one of those little glass humidors with. Oh, the... those are. I, I had one of those. Uh, this in fact, this year I had one of those. They're very nice too. Yeah. yeah. You know, Mark, maybe you should um, spin off and uh, provide a little yeah. competition for Cigar Dave, little uh, Mark Cigar Hour on the uh, weekend. I think Mark's got a good niche there. <laughs> I don't think money. I know enough about cigars. They're going to hand me my button at arena. Um, I, 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 I'd have to get some help. Well, the, the, thing I'm, the thing I called about is I've been having an ongoing debate with somebody about farm subsidies, and I, I've been trying to think of all the ways in which farm subsidies harm us all, and today I blurted out something without really being sure. It's kind of like when you're going out on a branch if you used to climb trees when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. You're going out maybe just a little too far on that branch without being sure if it'll support your weight. Oh, yeah. Sort of. If you understand the metaphor, gotta stay yes. close to the trunk. <laughs> right, exactly. And and I said that one of the problems with farm subsidies is that it robs us in two different ways. And and I don't know if I should have said this because I'm I'm I don't maybe understand enough about economics to to come back and actually back this up. I understand a, a bit about economics, but not as much as the average economist. Okay, what'd you say? Um, and uh, I, I told him that, of course, we're all taxed. They, the government robs us and takes our money and then redistributes, us to, the, redistributes it to these farmers. Right. But it also results in uh, either directly or indirectly in higher food prices. So we're actually gouged twice. It's true. And, 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 and it seems like it would be true, but I just can't put my finger on how. And, and I do know that there are these government-supported cartels you guys, I think about a week ago or so, we're talking about the milk cartel. Yes. And but and 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 it is government backed. I do know that. And I wonder if there's other ones for you know eggs or meat or. No, there are tons of them. I'll give you a couple examples. In fact, I can. Okay, if if you could just explain as best you can in simple kindergarten type terms, because I know you guys know quite a bit about economics a bit more than I do. Very good, how, Fred. How it'll raise prices and, and hit us twice. Thank you for the yeah, call, man. Fred. We'll do that. Appreciate it. 
Carter, well, uh, my take on it is this. Uh, in fact, uh, this is where I can get a little plug-in for the uh, for the book, Live Free or Die. Oh, uh, excellent. We forgot to do that last week. No problem. It, it, th- well, I was glad to be here on Thursday with you guys on the night that, you well, know, the day after they had uh, raided the Liberty Dollar Place. But, it's, um, it's Gardner's new book, just released over the last couple of weeks. Yes. And you can go to Amazon.freetalklive.com, punch it in, uh, Gardner Goldsmith. Live free or die. Order it through that, and Free Talk Live gets a cut. And of course, Gardner, you make money on uh, everyone. Yeah, sold, I right? get a cut, absolutely. And I was very excited, as I told you guys off the air. I was very excited because they put it in the uh, certain categories of nonfiction, and at a certain point in the government nonfiction democracy category, it had gotten up to number nineteen. Wow, I couldn't believe That's it. That's cool. And I was past Garrison Keillor. So please. Get extra copies, please. I mean this seriously. <laughs> Buy an extra one just to show them what Liberty can do. Well, and um, make sure you, uh, I mean, if you have, you're going to have some at the Liberty Forum yeah, to yeah. sell. But if you've got one before that, bring it with you to the Liberty Forum yeah. so you can get Garnered autographs. I would be honored. Yeah, it would be yeah. great. That's cool. It would be a lot of fun. And, and uh, so, in, All right, in so farm it, subsidies. Yeah, in it, I have an article uh, called Plum Deal, which I, I wrote for the Foundation for Economic Education. And uh, I talked about how the government was going to subsidize. There was a glut of plums on the market, plums, prunes, plum juice, and things like that. Okay. So the price, it was just too low for the plum producers, and they had lobbied Washington to do something special for them, which was... Successfully. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, successfully, which was to get to the, get the government to pay them to stop gl- growing plums. And the way they were going to do it was the government would pay them not only to not grow plums, but to destroy plum trees. This is the only place where a productive economy can be destroyed because you've got too much is where the government comes in. The whole reason we have a productive economy is to get so much it becomes really, really cheap and it's easy for us to get stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But these guys, <laughs> they didn't like the fact that there were so many plums out there. Either demand was too low or supply was too high. So they got the government. They were going to pay to destroy plum plum plants. Wow. So my mother said, well, shoot, you know, I could just plant the plants and then say before they even, you know, germinated, I could just say, well, you know, I could stop these right now. If you pay me, I'll just dig them all up again. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's great. You wouldn't even have to have the plants themselves. You could just have the threat of growing the plants. Sure. So anyway, to get to the economic points. Um, and, and you guys will want to add to this, but to me, the, the way I see this is, is, one, you increase expense by artificially decreasing supply. So the government gets in and they subsidize, either they subsidize the growing of something or they subsidize the destruction of something. If they're subsidizing the destruction of something, you get an increase in the cost because you get a decrease in supply. If they're subsidizing the creation of something, then you're getting a warping of the marketplace because the government's getting involved where people would not be spending their money normally. So that costs everybody, and you're getting something which d- is not in that great demand. Either way, so, it's costing you. I mean, it, whether they're right. subsidizing the destruction of the property or the, the destruction of the plants or the planting of new plants, either way, it's costing right. taxpayers. And when they subsidize the planting of new plants, that crowds out other market forces for the other products that would be planted in those areas. Sure. So, for example, with ethanol, it's a perfect example. The government is giving incentives for more corn to be grown. So the cost of wheat and the cost of beets and the cost of sugarcane is going up because there's less field space that's being devoted to it. Interesting. 
So what you get is in so the same case. level of demand for the Beats and the other things, but less space, so right. higher prices. Exactly, and you're hit twice because they take your money for the subsidy, and then when the subsidy occurs, they affect the marketplace so that the products you buy become more expensive. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are for free, and they include live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for free at freetalklive.com. Sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar had its offices raided and all of its precious metals seized on November 14th of 2007. That's last week. To find out more, go to libertydollar.org and sign up for their updates. To get help or to help, uh, get a paper Liberty Dollar and sign up for the class action suit also at LibertyDollar.org. Don't let the federal government shut down this important alternative in currency, LibertyDollar.org. Let's go uh, to the phones and to the fun. I believe uh, DJ is on the line. DJ, hello. You're on Free Talk Live calling from somewhere. Is your guest still there? Uh, We we don't have any guests, but Gardner Goldsmith is here uh, sitting in and joining us as our third host on the show tonight. Okay. I suppose you could I call him a guest host. believe that's uh, who I would be referring to. You were talking about the farm subsidy programs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I have a perspective on this from the other side. All right. I have been a commercial dairy producer, mm-hmm. commercial hogs, commercial beef, row crop, cash crop. I have not been due to the economic situation for close to two decades. Okay. Now, what he is saying has truth to it, mm-hmm. but is less than half there. How so? you got to back up. It's, it's like someone who gets caught. He's, he, I picture this gentleman, and what he is saying is someone who has gotten caught by some creep who just I sawed down a tree in his own front yard, and it landed on him, and he's pinned, and he's kicking and screaming at the tree, not understanding who's going around sawing down people's trees. All right, interesting analogy. Who's sawing down the trees? What is it that, what's your point? Okay. I would, I wish off the top of my head that uh, I knew which program it was talking about, but if you would check with Derry Brownfield, who is also a broadcaster in Genesis or go into his archives, is somewhere around two to three months ago, I believe, he brought up what they had discovered, and it is actual congressional legislation to take family farmers out. Okay, what do you okay. mean? They're going to yeah, take family farmers out. You know, Ian, I understand what, what you're talking? referring to. Well, let me, let me just, let me let just me step me. in. Hold on, hold on. I understand. Let me see if I can no, no, anticipate no, no. it. No, I wanna, I'll give you an opportunity to speak, but I just want to say, are you talking about the corporatization of farms and how the small farmer is basically being pushed out by the corporate farms and their lobbying efforts in Washington? I'm talking about far more than that. May I finish? Sure. Okay. Having been in the Farm Bureau back when it had a little dab of usefulness, 
It was also still a major brainwashing job. I saw the job that was being done on the individual small family farmers by the corporations, namely Monsanto, Mm -hmm. ADM, Cargill, etc., and Farm Bureau was in on it, and we didn't even know it. All of what the job people... are you referring to, ma'am? Pardon? You said you saw a job that was being done to the small farms. What are you What are you referring to when you say that? Okay. You're talking about an entire big picture, and in order to get the whole thing, the whole forest, the whole scenery, you've got to back up, and you've got to go back to a globalist agenda to control <laughs> the world's supply of food and to starve out the most productive, the most able country to defend themselves, and that is this one. We literally did have the capacity to feed the entire planet a but, couple times over. You know, it's interesting you should bring no it up, because it's because interesting you should... Very oh, hold on, hold on just a minute, hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Time. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> okay, it's interesting you should bring it up, and whether or not one agrees that there is a globalist agenda or not, you can see that functionally within the government, the way it works, and, and of course the public choice economists have spoken about this greatly from George Mason University on through the Chicago School of Economics, uh, the way it works is very clear. It's very difficult for the small farmer to be able to fight the corporate interests who will get, and, and it is... Especially if they're getting subsidies. And, and I absolutely acknowledge that the corporations are the ones that are getting most of the subsidies. The small farmers are not. But regardless whether the corporations are getting the subsidies or the small farmers are getting subsidies, the subsidies themselves are immoral, unconstitutional, and they are anti-economic. And I agree with you, whether the rationale is because of a globalist conspiracy or it's just the way that the politics works because the corporations have the money and the incentive, it is destructive and it harms small farmers just like it harms so many consumers. We don't disagree on that. So the problem is with the bureaucracy and the subsidies, those need to go away. That way we can have a true free marketplace in farming again. Would you agree with that? I'm sorry I interrupted, but I didn't want you to have to go on and on about it. Would you agree with that assertion, DJ? Some of it. Uh, can I finish, please? Sure. But you got to be quick, please, DJ. go on. How can you be quick about something that has been... Because this well, is it's a your radio job. program. Uh, it's a radio show. You, you know, we don't have an hour. we got to be got concise. Exactly. It's, I'm sorry. It's just the, I'm sorry, the format. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear either one of you. You, you. We just have to be concise. We need brevity here because it's just the format. We're, we're stuck okay, with the format. You're making broad generalizations that these are being paid to the farmers. They are going through the farm account straight into the banker's account. I did it. I saw it. I signed those checks over. Tens of thousands of dollars. I signed those checks over. It doesn't matter, though. The problem is with the subsidies and the government program, ma'am. It's not, you know, okay, wherever the money's going, that's a whole other issue. The problem is the government is redistributing our wealth in the first place, and that's the issue. That's what's wrong. That's the problem that needs to be solved. That is very wrong. And in doing so, they are using the average taxpayer's money in order to literally take food production out. This yeah. is not a short-term program. Right. I would right. Totally, it needs to go away. Absolutely yeah. what they're so doing. So you agree yeah. then that the farm subsidies program needs to be abolished entirely then, right? Yes, it does. Good. But I'm glad we're in agreement. But you must do something else. What's that? You must take off the absolute hamstrings. If you have a banker who has a case of the hiccups regarding your farm operation... You can be sold out. See, this is the this like is the problem. That. You're talking about how so many of the farms are in such debt to the bankers 
that the bankers often push these sorts of things, and uh, they yes. they tend to pull the, the strings. They I, don't I, push I understand it, what you're they saying. Force it. There they you go. Yeah. Thanks, it. DJ. Thanks for the call. We appreciate the uh, information. Interesting perspective that uh, that the banks are essentially pushing the farmers into getting the subsidies. Is that what you're saying? Gordon? No, no, you know, I, it's. I think what you would really what what we're looking at is corporations getting most of the subsidies, pushing out the the small farmers. Uh, the small farmers having to give up their farms, the banks get them back and make a lot of money off them. Is is a lot. Not of, to mention all the taxes that, that uh, banks have to uh, that that excuse me yeah. that uh, farmers have to pay. So therefore, they don't have money to pay yeah, off absolutely. their mortgages and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and there are other factors involved there too. You got the death tax that they want to reinstitute. That's being argued down there. But as far as the the purity of the subsidy thing goes, you don't even need to look at those types of things to look at the, the backwards ethics, the unconstitutionality, and the backwards economics right. of See, it. See, that's, that's the trick. That's what politicians do in order to, uh, you know, it's the smoke. Oh, well, this is a complex problem, and it needs a complex answer. Right. We'll sit down, we'll get a team, a committee, we'll get a bunch of people, yeah. a lot of people smarter than you, than you, and we'll, we'll talk about this, and, and we'll come up with the single best answer we can come up with, and it'll, have, it'll be reams and reams of paper, and you won't bother reading it because, well, you're a dope. And then people just shut down. Yeah. No, the simple answer is stop taking people's money and redistributing it to other people. Right. That's wrong. If I want if I want plums, I'll buy plums. If I want you'll pay whatever they cost. I'll buy milk. And you know, if it if it's too cheap, then people will stop having milk and they'll grow plums. And you know whatever. You know, Mark, I think there's a real advantage to being able to distinguish between the economic axioms that are applied, that the universal give and take and, and unintended consequences that occur when the government gets involved, and then all, all the other stuff that people can study on their own and say, oh, well, you know, this force is pushing this force, and they have, they're, they're looking to try to get this money here and there. If you understand the economics of the redistribution of wealth and fascism and, and corporatism and th- stuff like that, it's very easy to say. That's all you need to know. This is going to, exactly. More on the way, 800 259 9231. They, they want to distract you with all the details when really the problem is them taking your money in the first place and giving it to other people. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your phone call if you make it right now at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. Uh, we give them all away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Uh, it's all of three bucks a month, and we're just asking you. The website gives you everything for free up front, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their website. Only only a select few talk show hosts, like Gardner Goldsmith That's at right. LibertyConspiracy.com and ourselves, offer our archives for free, as well as the website feature for free. So we're asking you, if you like that, if you like the show, then go to amp.freetalklive.com, use any major credit card, PayPal, or some of the alternative options, and get signed up and help us uh, get Free Talk Live on more radio stations. That's what AMP stands for. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And I can tell you, the reason we're on as many stations, as 31 as I currently speak, uh, as we're on at that many stations is because of the amplifiers. It absolutely is. Because uh, your money, your $3 a month, plus the five, you know, 400 other people that are in the program, uh, all add up to a nice little advertising budget for Free Talk Live. I mean. It's great. So yeah. the money goes right back out the door. It's not going to Mark's paycheck or anything like that. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks amped uh, like the amp-only call-in line, amp-only chat room and forum, and more. Once again, amp.freetalklive.com. Speaking of the amp-only call-in line, let's talk to Matt in Illinois on that line. Hello, Matt. 
Good evening, Ian, Mark, and Gardner. Hey, Hello, man. Matt. What's on your mind? Um, I'm t- calling about, uh, I think his name was Jeremy. He called about his girlfriend that he was having problems with. Yeah. Yeah, a cop had come to his house with his ex-girlfriend. Uh, she was wanting to get her stuff, and the cop asserted that he didn't have to have a warrant to come into to Jeremy's home while, you know, to watch over the girl as she was getting her stuff. Right. I had a buddy who was in a uh, similar situation, except it was the opposite kind of situation. He actually had to call the cops to go back to his house where his girlfriend had kicked him out of and get his stuff. Only this time when he got there uh, for him, I believe she had called the cops to protect her when he came over. Okay, and, so they had they, both called the cops? No, I, I think he got there and the cops were there. I think he called her and made arrangements and she called the cops. I see. They were there. Okay. Um, she was actually a daughter of a, uh, of a Cook County Sheriff's. So... Um, he got there, and they let him in and watched him uh, take the stuff. But when she challenged him on something, he said, this is mine, and she said, no, it's mine. So that's the same situation this guy was in. Mm-hmm. The girl was challenged. The cop told him, do you have a receipt? <laughs> so I'm not sure what state he's in, but in the state of Illinois, if you go and you're trying to, and you're trying to get your stuff out of somebody else's house or somebody that has possession of the house... <laughs> Because these two were married. This yeah. was a divorce situation. Mm. Um, Does she make, have a receipt? They make, He didn't have a receipt, no. Did, did she? Uh, I, I, no, I don't Who think has receipts? I mean, once maybe, it's, maybe they should give it to charity then. Yeah, yeah really. once the 90 days is up, your receipt's useless. Why would anyone keep a receipt that long? In case you're ever going to get a divorce, keep your receipts. Apparently so. I, I don't know, but... Uh, so, wait, they ruled in in her favor on that item, It's but it wasn't at both of their house? It stayed with the house. It stayed with the house. Um, so, I, since I, she had I, the house, she had gotten the house, uh, then she got all the stuff in it, then. And she got to keep what... I think that was a stereo that we're talking about, and mm. she got... I believe she ended up keeping that and keeping some other stuff of his, um, simply because he didn't have receipts for it bummer i think like a couple of tvs and stuff like that that. that's a helpful tip sir and thank you for making it matt any Mm -hmm. other thoughts um no this wasn't quite a story though he um he was kicked out because she attacked him uh he had marks on his throat from where she was clawing him Mm -hmm. uh he ended up pushing her off she had no marks on her body but she called the police and when the police got there they not only kicked him out of the house, but when he agreed to leave to go to a hotel, mm-hmm. they cuffed him and took him took him to jail. Wow. In many states, they have to arrest someone on a domestic violence call, and it's usually the man. Yeah, you'd think yeah. it'd be the person with the, uh, the the person without all the 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 marks. Yeah, and he you know he did. Hey, he came to work the next day, and I mean his throat was really scratched up wow. and bruised from where she was joking at. He came the next day, so he went. But you said he went to jail. <laughs> He went to jail and then bailed, and then called his son, and his son came and bailed him out. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. quick. Wow. Matt, thanks for the story. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, um, when it comes to domestic violence situations, many go unreported, not just from the female side, but also the male side. In fact, most um, female-on-male domestic violence goes unreported. And, in fact, there is some information out there that suggests... That one didn't get reported either. Right. Yeah, that was... Just- there's some information out there that suggests that the actual majority of domestic violence incidents are started by uh, are are I guess initiated by the female. 
Physically and, initiated physically, by the Yes, physically initiated by the female. Mm. And, of course, you know, guys don't call it in because they are embarrassed. Uh, yeah. They don't want to be seen as, uh, you know, wimpy or whatever. And so they, they never go reported. But that doesn't mean those women aren't doing damage. I mean, they, they certainly can. And when it comes to, you know, getting your stuff after a relationship... Like he said, if you want to ha- you want to keep your receipts, then that might help you in that situation. Otherwise, you just pretty much have to let it go. You know, it's one of those things that Harry Brown, in his excellent book, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, he talks about you have to pay the price in order to free yourself from certain situations. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a relationship and you you need to get out of it, then if you understand that that letting some of your stuff go is going to make that breakup go so much smoother, then that's just what you need to do. It's just stuff. You can always reacquire it at some other time in your life. I mean, for the most part, you can reacquire most all of your stuff. Yeah. So if if it comes down to that, there's no point in making extra waves and you know causing extra trouble because you right. want to get your favorite yeah. T-shirt yeah. back or whatever. Yeah. Just let it go. It's like it's like in your personal relationships with arguments. Sometimes, sometimes you got to know. Look, you know, I'm not going to be getting through making my point. I'm just going to be causing more problems. I'm going to back off now. Although, if you have a Savvy Rest mattress, that might be worth fighting for, because uh, your mattress was likely manufactured using all disturbing, all kinds of disturbing chemicals. And if that bothers you, well, it might should, because it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. Let's talk to, uh, let's go to William in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. William, hello. William's gone. William's gone. Let's go to Charles in Michigan. Charles, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind, Charles? Hey, buddy. I I live here in Michigan, and I'm not sure if you ever heard of the Driver's Responsibility Act. Um, I, I actually got two things. But have, have you ever, guys ever heard of it? No. 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 What is it? Okay. Basically, what it is is now the you know you go down and you get a ticket from the from the local cop or whatever, and um, not only do you get a ticket and have to pay it at the courthouse if you get the ticket. The state is going to also send you a bill for two straight years uh, for 200 bucks each year. What for? Why? Um, hmm. If you get seven or more points, uh, if you don't have an insurance. Um, yes, we have heard of these things. It's like, uh, it's like an extra tax. They have uh, essentially created a tax on their tickets, basically, in that if you, you, know, you get too many tickets, then you cross this certain threshold, and they do what you're suggesting, and they, uh, they, you know, they charge you on a yearly basis because somehow that makes you a better driver or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, I, so I've been fighting that. Um, so I was just wondering that you guys ever heard of it, and I've, I've never heard anybody else talk about it on. It's crazy on the shows. Yeah. I mean, you know, they find you. Now they're going to additionally find you. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly what years. they're going to do because they can. Your second point, sir. We're short on time. Okay. Now, um, I was actually calling about the force connections uh, uh, that that was happening in in Washington D.C. The uh, force what? City, oh, uh, vaccinations. Vaccinations, yes. Yeah. Is this of the kids, the uh, the school children? Yes. Okay. Yes, I was calling. There was a lady. She called in earlier um, to the Alex Jones show, and I was just, uh, it was just ridiculous. I haven't had a, a shot. Uh, I had one booster shot when I was like in the fifth or sixth grade, but after that, I haven't had any more. And I was just wondering, like, who, what parents sign, what document do the parents sign over to the state that that the children are not wards of the state? I mean, what, what? what what is going on with that? I mean, are the kids the parents? Or, I mean, the, the parents, uh, or are the kids 
the states. That's what I. That's what I'm asking. I don't think there's a there's a document that they sign. It's just that the state threatens people and it's scary and frightening and right. nobody wants to go to you, jail. You can't have free school unless your kids get our special shots. Right. So it just uses its power and uh, and it just uses its position of authority to uh, goad these parents into doing things like that. So there's no actual documentation. There's no social contract. That's nothing more than uh, socialist fantasy. But yet people uh, people obey because the state simply is it's frightening nobody uh, nobody wants to have a cop come to their house they don't want to go to jail and they're scared to death of the the government so they do what it demands it's it's very sad and i wish we had more time but thank you for the call 800-259-9231 just enough time for a month uh, for a thought from william or wait he's gone uh let's try paula in florida paula you've got the last 20 seconds go yeah hi hon. i just thought i'd call and um uh, let everybody um start I mean, just bombarding Washington because of the president's bring out an executive order that if you don't go along with him, you're going to be considered a terrorist. Yeah, that's old news. Uh, they, they yeah, and, and martial law. Right, right. They, that's old I mean, news, Paula. Thank you for the call. And, you know, Paula's always got the same solution. Call Washington. Give them a ring. They keep doing the things they're doing, and I'm sure there are people calling, but they keep getting bigger and bigger. So I don't really know if your calls are doing much of anything. We'll see you tomorrow night. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 